psychologist and I work with horses in therapy for people. Part of my job is also to educate uh, new people to the field of equine-assisted therapy. And today on our Harnessing Wellness Weekly, we are joined by Dr Lizzie, who's an equine veterinarian, and she's going to talk to us about um, signs and symptoms of um, horses that might be stressed in terms of working with people. So welcome, Dr Lizzie. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you so much, Naomi. I've just got to say I absolutely love what you're doing for the equine therapy business. I think people having this awareness and the knowledge of the horses that they're working with is just crucial. Something that's really missing from the industry. Thank you. Um, Would you like to talk a little bit about yourself and your um, offering to people in terms of the empowering equine education? Absolutely. So I'm originally from the UK, trained at the Royal Vet College and graduated back in 2016, but I've actually been living and working in Australia since 2018 now. So I was primarily out on the road, although I have had experience working in a horse hospital as well. Um, But over the past 12 months, I've gotten real, really passionate about educating owners because I've seen just how much of a gap there is between what vets know and are are able to do and what the everyday owner is capable of. Mm -hmm. And there's such an amazing, amazing um, wealth of people who really want to learn more. So I'm just essentially offering to that community. So I set up a business called Empowering Equine Education, and I have mainly been focusing on offering horse owners and equine professionals the opportunity to train in equine emergency response so they can really take care of their animals when they're sick or injured. That's fantastic. And Dr Lizzie, I'd just also like to let the listeners know that you've actually been the vet to my horses and that's Mm -hmm. how we actually got to know each other. And um, for anyone looking for further education on um, how to care for their horses or injured um, or um, first aid, Dr Lizzie certainly has a wonderful um, wealth of information for you. So um, today I've invited Dr Lizzie to come on board to talk a bit about what to notice when we're working with our horses in equine-assisted therapy. Um, so for our listeners, um, they may be newcomers to equine-assisted therapy, they may be horse people um, and also they might be students who are learning about animal-assisted therapy. So um, I guess if we could start by maybe discussing some of the more noticeable signs of stress um, in a horse or pony as well. Absolutely. 100%. Well, one thing I really want to highlight as well is that horses, they're designed very similar to us. We're all animals and stress, it's a normal physiological process if it's only there in the short term okay so let's think mm-hmm. about a horse that has a new horse turned out in the paddock the horse that's already there is probably going to get a little bit stressed because there's someone new around but that should settle quite quickly and the horse should go back to normal now that's obviously a normal ad- design to keep the animal safe mm-hmm. where we run into trouble is where we come up against long-term or chronic stress and yeah. But I'm sure most of the listeners will be able to relate to that as well. It's something that we hear a lot about in humans, but it's also present for our animals too. A number of underlying causes of what can trigger long-term stress. It can be coming from the environment, so let's say herd factors um, and social interactions. It could be due to what they're being fed. It could be due to an underlying illness or injury. Now, long-term stress, when it's not corrected and dealt with, it can be really damaging to the horse's health and well-being. So it is very important that we are picking 
on the signs of stress so that we can really intervene and make sure that we're keeping the horse happy and healthy. So in an equine therapy session, mm-hmm. um, one of my recommendations to students or, or people interested in going into this field is that mm-hmm. they actually know the horses that they work with. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes people move horses to equestrian centres to do the work or sometimes they work from an environment where the horses are um, familiar. Mm-hmm. So what <clears throat> I guess in sessions uh, um, when we're working with horses in equine-assisted therapy, it's like a little bit different to, I guess, a performance horse mm-hmm. or a race horse, mm-hmm. um, but the horse does have a job to do. Mm-hmm. And when we're in a session, we may meet a whole lot of different people who participate mm-hmm. um some people who are drawn to working with horses and people who don't really like to work with people that mm-hmm. seems to be quite common that's what um that's one of the reasons why they would like to walk and talk and be with the horse um to do their therapy rather than sitting in a room face to face what would be some of the things that we could look for as practitioners when we're not when we're in a session we may have one or two horses or we may have three or four horses or we may also work with ponies. So what would be some mm-hmm. of the things that we could notice that might be quite obvious that our mm-hmm. horse is perhaps not happy or enjoying or feeling mm-hmm. okay in the sessions that we're in? Yeah, absolutely. So I think what you said at the very start about understanding your horses as an individual is really important because one horse, their response might be that they're becoming dull. They might become unengaged or they might start looking repre- depressed mm. and they really internalise their stress and kind of switch off. So you might that's, be noticing. Sorry, I was just going to say that's really interesting that they internalize mm-hmm. stress because humans do mm-hmm. the same yeah. thing as well. Sorry, go on. Yeah, completely. And you might notice that they're actually kind of resistant to the training or the exercise that you're asking them to do. Okay. And um, they might even be explain, displaying kind of naughty, quote unquote, behavior that could be kind of biting, chewing, or even potentially trying to kick. Um, you do have other horses who will go the other end of the spectrum and their stress is very external. And for them, when their stress levels are heightened, you'll notice the whites of their eyes. They might start trembling. Potentially, they might be sweating. If you've got a stethoscope and you were to take their heart rate, you'd probably notice their heart rate would be elevated. Mm. And sometimes you get quite overtly restless. So either fidgeting, potentially even pouring at the ground. Right. You've really got that kind of that spectrum. So in a, in a session, so I've worked with... Um, you've met Trigger and you've met Bob, some of the horses that I work with. And um, uh, I've got Ted now Mm -hmm. and we've got Happy. So in some of the sessions, um, Happy, for example, he's he's an older horse now, um, but he sometimes will glaze over in his Mm -hmm. eyes and he actually sometimes will move towards the gate. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I suggest with people is if your horse is – in inferring I um or looking like they don't want to be in the session I mm-hmm. actually let my horses out of mm-hmm. the session mm-hmm. um there's a a term called um referential interspecies referential communication mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and where the where the horses are actually indicating that they want out like they might be pushing at the the gate or um mm-hmm. staring off into the distance where they don't feel yeah. like they're present um, so that's something that I look for, that mm-hmm. they're trying to communicate they don't want to be um, within the session. Okay. Would you add anything mm-hmm. to that? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think one thing that is really fascinating is a lot of the time we just 
expect horses to do what they're told we've almost mm. been conditioned that because they've got a job to do there's no other option and actually we're really avoiding them providing consent I actually learned this from a biomechanics workshop that I did with someone a while ago where we were just doing pole work with the horses and it's like how often do you ask the horse if they want to go over the pole mm. so really opening up that conversation between you and them so that you're both on the same page and that they know they're being listened to um and that exactly like you said, I think it's really great that you give them the option where if they are obviously not wanting to be in that space at that specific point in time, then they do have an out. Mm. You're not feeling, they're not going to feel like they're trapped. That's only going to make the situation worse. And they're probably going to anticipate that situation in the future and then try and resist it even more. So you've really yeah. got to work with them. Yeah, that's that's really good um, feedback for our listeners to just to notice and become more aware. Are there other signs of stress that we might not, that might not be as obvious um, that I'm thinking of. I think the glazed eyes or the shutting mm-hmm. down, I would imagine that would be mm-hmm. what that looks like. Um, what about a happy horse? How could we tell the difference when we're noticing our horses actually enjoying um, being in an equine-assisted therapy session? What would we notice about our horses? Well, they'll be very engaged with you. They'll be wanting to know what you're up to. And a lot of the time you're reading their facial expressions. So the ears should be forwards. The eyes should be soft. The muzzle should be relaxed as well. They might even be wanting to play with you and communicate through their muzzle as well, um, which is obviously the polar opposite of what happens when a horse has got what we call the pain face or the stress face, which is where the eyes are squinting and the corners of the mouth are scrunched and the ears tend to be back. Mm-hmm. So you can really see, see the contrast between those. But the horse should be wanting to engage with you. For instance, if you go to walk to the other side of the arena, they should be following you. And yes. if you've got food, they should be wanting to eat the food as well. A lot of the time for horses stressed, one of the first things you'll notice that is quite subtle. Right. Okay. So they're good things to notice. Yeah. Um, in terms of in terms of um, herd behaviour, how would we mm-hmm. recognise if we were working with a herd? So, so I work with um, Ted, Happy, Bob and mm-hmm. Bailey. Mm-hmm. They all have their own dynamics within the herd. Mm-hmm. How, how as a, as a, what would you notice if they were in a herd together in an equine-assisted therapy session? What would you notice if they were stressed? Mm-hmm. Um, what what sort of signs and symptoms that the herd dynamic was perhaps not working well? Yeah, so I'd really be looking out for avoidant behaviours. So if there's one horse who just is, is trying to escape or really isn't comfortable standing next to another horse, kind of understand is there is there a natural pecking order, which there will be, but you don't want there to be a horse that really feels like they're and they're being forced to be in an environment where they're they're uncomfortably close with a horse that normally dominates them out in the paddock so again it'd be that kind of that restless and that avoidant behavior and the the signs of stress on their face as well so the crinkled nose potentially looking at the whites of their eyes and not interested in anything like treats or kind of attention from the human that's fantastic that's really that's very descriptive and very good and I was actually thinking about some of the ponies that I work with and thinking about the herd behaviour. So mm-hmm. usually within my herd, <clears throat> um, Happy, the older horse, he's usually the one who's on the top of the pecking order and he will tell all the rest of them to move. And it's a very interesting dynamic. And I have to be aware of who I actually put into the session with mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. and which clients I have in the sessions with me as well um, because I have to be aware of who, which horses and ponies are going to mm-hmm. move 
the other person, the other horse or pony out of the way if um, they want to interact with the client to make it a safe mm-hmm. environment for them to be in. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it comes down to your awareness of really understanding your animals on an individual level, and making sure sure that you carefully select the herd. You're not just throwing horses together because you think that that's what should happen. Like Mm. you've really got to take into consideration if it's going to work as a as a unit. And that's that's a great point because I my my herd lives together and Mm -hmm. doesn't change very. It doesn't change. and they know each other very well, which also enables me as a practitioner when clients are coming into the equine-assisted therapy sessions, I'm aware of the personalities of each um, herd member and I'm also aware of their dynamics. And that enables me to be able to monitor what goes mm-hmm. on and mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. enable um, more of a safe environment um, with, those, with those involved. So. They're really good points. I'd like to thank you so much for your time and expertise. They were wonderful points that you um, that you uh, discussed today. For anyone who's a student of equine assisted therapy or you're looking into uh, going into the equine assisted therapy field, please uh, check out Empowering Equine Education. If you are a horse owner as well, it's a wonderful opportunity to learn more about how to care for our horses. And stay tuned over the next few weeks. We'll be giving you more tips and pointers about um, how to run your equine assisted therapy sessions safely and also information about horses and well-being. And I'd like to thank you very much, Dr. Lizzie, um, for your time and expertise and sharing that information with us today. You're so welcome. Well, thank you for the opportunity to share and I can't wait to do more of these sessions with you in the future, Naomi. Thank you. So for more information for Empowering Equine Education, you can have a look on Facebook um, and also Instagram under Empowering Equine Education and also, um, yeah, we'll be back with more information over the next few weeks. So thank you very much for listening to Harnessing Wellness Weekly on Equine Assisted Therapy and looking for stress signs in your horses. Take care for now. Bye.